Welcome, birders. This is Ed Pullen, your host on the Bird Banter Podcast, where birders talk birding. On most of my previous episodes, I've had a guest and we've talked back and forth and, and learned about another birder's uh, story. But from time to time, today included, I'll just do a solo podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about a trip I just got back from to Southern California. This was a special trip for me because I got to take my birding master, my uh, the uh, master poet to my grasshopper status, Ken Brown, uh, on a trip to Southern California. Now, Ken, to put this in context, Ken has taken me on many birding trips, and he's always been the person who put the most work in planning them. I've played a little bit of a role, but Ken has always been the person who put the work in to plan the trip, made sure everything went well, knew the directions, knew the birding sites, and just uh, did a terrific job of organizing the trips. I can look back to our, my first trip, just a solo trip with Ken, the two of us. We went to Southeast California, actually. It was 20-some years ago, and uh, I, I learned a lot on that trip. Uh, I learned that sometimes when you want to find a bird, you just have to be a bulldog. You just have to try and try and try and not get discouraged and keep at it, and a lot of times it pays off. Uh, and I also have to know when to cut your losses and move on, which I'm better at that. <laughs> anyway, uh, we took this trip to Southern California. Uh, we uh, I decided to, to take Ken on this trip because for two reasons. First, he hasn't birded uh, Southern California very much, and so there are a lot of uh, birds down there he doesn't have on his ABA life list. And secondly, because in the last three or four years, uh, during the time my wife was uh, uh, sick and spent some time down there with her family, I got to spend a bit of time in the Orange County area and San Diego County and Los Angeles County area a little bit, uh, learning my way around and, and learning some of the birding spots. So I thought, perfect combination. I can take Ken on a trip. This will be great. So we uh, took off uh, last Tuesday and flew to Orange County, John Wayne Airport, and uh, rented a car and took off uh, east. Our first target species for the trip was Bell Sparrow. Bell Sparrow just got split from uh, from uh, Sage Sparrow into Sagebrush Sparrow and Bell Sparrow. The problem is Bell Sparrow has two races. The coastal race is relatively easy to identify. It's a lot darker. The interior race looks a lot more like sagebrush sparrow, and the wintering grounds overlap. But we're near the end of when sagebrush sparrow should be around, and and uh, the interior race of bell sparrow should be on territory. So we thought we had a pretty good chance. Uh, so we headed off to a spot called Black Canyon Road in Ramona, where the, the birds have been seen recently with good directions on eBird. And so we headed two and a half miles past the end of the pavement up Black Canyon Road out of Ramona and stopped and uh, after a moderate amount of looking, got fair looks at Bell Sparrow. They were singing. That helps. I hear pretty well. Ken's hearing is not as good anymore. But I, I heard them singing and we got reasonably close and got good enough looks. Pictures, pretty lousy, but uh, got good enough looks to, to call identification. So we were happy on that. That took most of the rest of the day. From there we took off and headed for the south end of the Salton Sea. There are, we really had one bird we were looking for specifically, uh, yellow-footed gull. Yellow-footed gull is a Mexican southern species that uh, the northern end of its range is at the south end, of, uh, around the Salton Sea. Uh, and it uh, is there in small numbers all year round, most years. Uh, it's easiest to find in late summer and fall on a post-breeding dispersal from the south when it comes up there. But it can be often found any time of year. 
unfortunately not found by us this February. Uh, so we looked most of the morning on Wednesday for the yellow-footed gull and had some really good good birding experiences uh, at the Sunny Bono uh, Refuge right at the south tip of the Salton Sea. Uh, we got a big flock of stilt sandpipers now. In Washington, we sometimes in the fall can find a stilt sandpiper or a couple of juvenile stilt sandpipers that wander over here in their southward migration, but we don't see migrating flocks of stilt sandpipers. We had 30, 40, 50 birds there. It was really pretty cool, and uh, along with lots of other good stuff. We got you know pelicans of both species, uh, good flocks of gulls, lots of white-faced ibis, uh, long-billed curlew, marble godwits, just a nice variety of shorebirds, lots of ducks. And so it was, it was good birding. We had fun. Uh, and spent the morning there. Uh, from there, we left and wanted to go to Anzo Borrego. Anzo Borrego is a place that Ken has never been to and was really looking forward to seeing. Now, in your mind, you often envision things differently than they really are. Uh, Ken had in his mind that Anzo Borrego was going to be a state park that was just in the middle of nowhere. There's no town around. There might be a campground or something, uh, but really an isolated, very remote area. Well, not at all true. Brega Springs is a nice little town, probably has a few thousand people, there's campgrounds and hotels and restaurants and a grocery store and you know, all the things a little town has. Ken was just blown away, says, this is not what I expected. <laughs> so we had fun with that. Uh, but we also had fun with the birds. Uh, we were looking for uh, a bell sparrow again there, which we didn't find, uh, but we did find really good things. It's like seeing old friends. Got to see Verdon again. They're a really beautiful little uh, bush tit-sized bird that is colorful. Uh, we got to see uh, western bluebirds and phanopepla all over the place. Uh, really uh, nice birds and, and things we don't see often. Uh, we wandered around the visitor center for a little bit and then went over to uh, a couple of different areas there uh, as we lost light. Uh, so spent the afternoon there, had a nice time, walked around a little bit, and then headed for San Diego. In San Diego, the reason for being there was that with the San Diego Birding Festival, they have pelagic trips, and Ken hadn't been on a southern west coast pelagic trip at all. So we got to San Diego Friday night, and Saturday morning we're up bright and early at the, at the birding festival, uh, getting out on the plagic trips. The plagic trip took off about 7.30 after a fairly long uh, introductory talk about all the dangers and how to behave and that sort of thing. Uh, and I think one of the fun fun parts of that was seeing some of the names that I, you know, some of the people I'd never met or seen, but uh, got, to, uh, got to see some of the big names in Southern California birding were uh, there. John Sterling was there. He uh, led, a, led a trip that I went on along with James Bradley to Kenya, and he's the number one lister in California, and a really nice guy, trip leader. I got a chance to talk with him on the trip, uh, and uh, John Lehman was uh, there. Just the uh, big names in California birding. Fun to fun to see them. Uh, so went out on the on the Palatic trip, and it was not uh, good weather. It was kind of raining most of the way out. Uh, so we battled the weather a little bit and got out on the water and saw, uh, we saw Scripps Murillet, which both of us had seen. Ken actually has one in Washington, which I don't, but uh, see a lot of Scripps Murillets and rhinoceros ocelots, which are common here in Washington. Uh, a variety of gulls. Probably some of the best birds were brown boobies. There were several brown boobies flying around the boat at various times, both adults and juveniles. 
and uh, got to uh, get out there. We the bird, the target bird for the trip really was black vented shearwater, uh, which is a common, not too far offshore shearwater, and got nice looks at that. that we saw several hundred at least. I don't know the exact count, but a lot, a lot of us black vented shearwaters. It was the only shearwater we got, though. I think one person might have had a pink footed, but most most people didn't get a look at that. So we did that, and then. That was around the nine-mile bank, which is a nine-mile long bank, 12 miles offshore, if I remember correctly. Uh, and uh, a bank, in, in politic terms, is where uh, there's a uh, change in bottom, in depth of the ocean. The ocean is usually deep, and then there's like a little mountain range under the, or a plain, plateau under the water that changes, causing an updwelling in the waters and a rich nutrient uh, source for fish and therefore for other animals like birds that eat fish. Uh, so tend to be the places you go for uh, continental shelf sort of pelagic birding. So we went to the Nine Mile Bank. We turned north, uh, and boy, we hit the weather. All the, the wind and swells were coming out of the north. We just pounded north for a couple of hours. It was almost impossible to see anything. And they basically gave up and, and never got really to the areas they were hoping to get to uh, north of San Diego. We just headed in and finished about one. So it was a little bit of a letdown on the pelagic trip, but we got the primary target species. Uh, my mea culpa on that trip was that I had messed up my uh, research or planning for the trip. I, I'd been on fall and spring pelagic trips out of San Diego. And in the fall trips, you get lots of storm petrels, black and least storm petrel, uh, and more more varieties of murrelets, uh, Guadalupe murrelets possible, uh, in addition to scripts if you get out deeper. But uh, I, I had envisioned that the, the storm petrels at least were available in the spring, and they weren't. So I, uh, I had sort of promised Ken a, a possibility of those storm petrels, and we learned right off the bat that that wasn't happening. Uh, so that was two species we checked off our list as possible right away, and they, in fact, were not seen. Uh, but we got in, and so we're in by 1, 1.15, 1.30 or so, and uh, I had uh, 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 an opportunity to uh, meet with Ben Lizdas, who is there, was at the festival with the Red Star, yeah, Red Star Birding, uh, the new uh, uh, offshoot or branch of Birdwatcher's Digest. Uh, ben came over from Eagle Optics to, to Reader's Digest and is starting a retail and tour business through them, and a really interesting guy. He does the podcast for uh, Birdwatcher's Digest, and I'm uh, expecting to have him on as a guest here soon. So got to meet him. That was nice, and we'll, we'll figure that out. But uh, he should be a guest on the show pretty soon. I'm looking forward to that. He seems like a really fascinating guy. Anyway, so we uh, took off from the San Diego Bird Festival. I, I uh, chased Ken down and brought him back to look at some exotic parrots, uh, I think I think we had uh, red masked parrots uh, in the tree right by the right by the convention center. They're not ABA listable, but they're still per uh, parakeets, red masked parakeets, excuse me, uh, right by the right by the festival entrance. Was, they're not listable, but it was fun to see. And they're a big, long-tailed, colorful, exotic parrot, parakeet. So we headed north, hoping to find a California gnatcatcher. Uh, we were going to look for that uh, at a place. Uh, called the San Leo Lagoon, which is just north of San Diego. And again, due to poor planning on my part, we could not find access to the, to the marshy area, to the brushy area where the gnatcatcher was probably seen. Uh, the route that was shown as the best place on eBird seemed to be in a walled residential area with no access. 
and uh, we drove around for a while and just couldn't seem to find a good way to get into the place. So we gave up on that, uh, figuring we'd get that later, and headed north. Uh, Our next uh, big stop was in Ventura, where we're going to go on the Island Packers trip to Santa Cruz Island on Sunday. But on the way, we thought, oh, driving right by Los Angeles, and there's been a red-flanked blue tail, uh, some bird names are tongue twisters, red-flanked blue tail, uh, at, uh, uh, at a library in downtown, uh, San, uh, downtown Los Angeles, right near USC. Uh, so we thought, oh, we're driving right by, we've got an hour before dock, let's give that a try. Well, library grounds completely walled and closed at 5 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, so we uh, figured out that the open hours are 9 to 4.30 Monday through Friday, and we thought we'd try again for that on Monday. So drove on through, got a hotel for the night, and up the next morning for our Santa Cruz Island trip. Birded a little bit uh, at a park nearby and then got on the Island Packer boat, uh, which is a pretty big catamaran that moves quickly on its way out to Santa Cruz Island. I've taken that trip twice before, and on both trips, uh, they've cruised by Anacapa Island, which is just south of Santa Cruz Island. It has some big cliffs, can be good for roosting boobies and different things at various times of year. They didn't do that on this trip. We pretty much went straight to the island and uh, stopped first on the Scorpion side uh, and then went around to the Prisoner's Cove side, which is where we went to. That's the best place to find the Island scrub jay, an endemic species that's evolved over millions of years to be a separate species from our typical scrub jays on the continent, which themselves were recently split into California towhee and I think ridgeways. Ridgeways, I think. Uh, uh, towhee. Scrub jay uh, into uh, California scrub jay and uh, ridgeway scrub jay. Anyway, uh, we uh, got there and then hiked around a bit and got nice looks at the scrub jay and, and had a good time, saw the, the endemic fox, a little tiny fox that's out there that's pretty cute, and uh, had a nice time walking around. The weather was pretty good, and the boat ride back was pretty uneventful. Probably the best things on the boat ride out and back, we, by the way, did not see black-footed shearwater, which I thought we would see on that trip also, so I'm really glad we took the pelagic trip the day before. Uh, we did see lots of Casson's auklets, which are really fun, little, little uh, alcids that uh, a lot of the ones we saw were so full from eating they couldn't take off, so they'd just be splashing away to get out of the way of the boat or diving. It was, it was pretty fun. So got to see those. Uh, and from there, uh, walked across the street, actually drove across the street to the Ventura Settling Ponds. The Ventura Settling Ponds are a nice birding area, especially in the summer when there are breeding turns and, and a lot of uh Uh, breeding birds, but in the spring, the spectacle there, maybe the spectacle of the whole trip, were massive flocks of swallows. We had just thousands and thousands and thousands of swallows overhead. Uh, They'd be swooping down by the ponds and swarming way up overhead. We think there might have been 10,000 and more swallows, mostly tree swallows, but we did have have some uh, rough-wing swallows and and some barn swallows mixed in. Uh, But it's just the the mass numbers of swallows that made it uh, really fun to see. So we got to see those and then uh, drove back to L.A., stayed in a little uh, not-so-great area of L.A., but really close to where Spotted Dove has been seen. Uh, So we stayed overnight in L.A. thinking we'll beat the traffic, drive in on a Sunday night, bird early on Monday, and drive out on Monday midday, which worked beautifully. Uh, We stayed at a place, and, and maybe one of the other memorable experiences of the trip was we really were... First of all, we were tired, and second, you know, it was a sketchy area of L.A. We didn't want to drive around a lot. There was a, Mexi- a little Mexican restaurant 
very close to our very close to our hotel. So we just drove around the corner and parked there and went in, uh, thinking, yeah, Mexican food, how can you go wrong there? Well, we didn't go wrong, but we did get a Mexican experience or, or a Mexican immigrant experience. It was a completely uh, Spanish-speaking uh, clientele and, uh, and staff, and uh, they were having a birthday party, big balloons outside, and having karaoke in Spanish. So we got to watch for an hour or so, uh, karaoke, Spanish karaoke, uh, and, uh, and pretty, uh, pretty sexy sort of uh, body painting in the background. It's kind of weird for a children's party, I thought, but it was, it was all cool, and we got some food and got some rest and got up the next morning. Uh, Monday morning, uh, we went to two places to find a spotted dove. Spotted dove is another introduced species that was pretty prevalent in the, in the L.A. and Southern California area 10, 15 years ago when it was accepted as a, a listable ABA species, but it's just dying out. It's not clear why it's dying out, uh, but it may be the collared doves are, are uh, kind of swamping it out. There are a lot of Eurasian collared doves there, like there are everywhere now, uh, and that's a whole other story. Uh, and uh, so we looked, and the first place we went to was a place by Amigos Nursery, uh, right by uh, Leon Washington Park, and uh, did not find the spotted dove. That's where uh, Kay and I found our life spotted dove quite a few years ago. And I was hopeful that we'd see it there, but it hasn't been seen very often there lately, so I wasn't optimistic. Good thing it was six minutes from our hotel, so we gave that a try, and then went over uh, to Huntington Park, which is a, a, a city, sort of within a city. It's a small city near L.A., and uh, spotted doves have been seen there fairly regularly recently, often heard, but sometimes seen. So we uh, parked there and walked around, and it's a, it's a big city block with a high school and a junior high school and some businesses, and some ball fields, so a pretty big block, maybe three-quarters of a mile around. So we parked and started walking around that. We're about three-quarters of the way around, lots and lots of Eurasian collared doves, quite a few rock pigeons, but no spotted dove. And uh, I'm getting discouraged, and Ken, in his usual ways, keeping his energy up, looking hard. And sure enough, about three-quarters of the way around, right near the police station on the far back side from where we parked of the, of the Central Park area, uh, was a pair, of, a pair of spotted doves right up top of a pruned tree. Excellent looks, the spotting scope looks, and just kind of drank that in for a little while, and we're pretty happy about that. So that's another Life, lifeless tick for Ken, so we're pretty happy there. So we got the spotted dove and went to the library again to try for the red flank blue tail. The library is open as expected, just a few minutes after nine, and we spent uh, till close to noon there looking for this bird, which had been showing up every day, and it just didn't show for us. So it was one area supposed to be. We looked hard in that area, wandered around the grounds, uh, and just no red flank blue tail. Uh, so that was a miss for the trip, and it's been seen every day since, and it was just uh, one of those not great timing on our part for getting that. That's just, you know, unfortunate, but hey, you miss some, you get some. So that was, that was a good try. Uh, we left from there needing several species to wrap up this trip. I'm as a leader, I'm feeling under the gun. I said, I got some species to find Ken. We got to get these birds. So we head back to my stomping grounds where I knew where I was going, Orange County. We go to Fullerton. We went to the Fullerton Arboretum, uh, which is a nice uh, urban planted area with lots of, uh, lots of good uh, habitat. And 
two birds I wanted to get there were good looks at Alan's Hummingbird. We'd seen Alan's Hummingbird, but not the greatest of looks, and we had lots of Alan's Hummingbirds there, so good looks at those. The other species we really wanted there uh, was a scaly-breasted munia, another introduced species. Southern California is, along with southern Florida, is the place to find introduced species that can thrive in our warm weather parts of the U.S. And sure enough, very shortly after we got there, right where I was expecting it, we found one scaly-breasted munia. It was an adult, got great looks. Uh, and that was right after I'd told Ken, it says, look for flocks of birds. The brown birds will be in a flock. You know, they're almost always together. You don't usually just see one bird. We see one bird in a tree, get great looks, and never saw another scaly-breasted munia the whole trip. Uh, so we felt pretty lucky there. So we just birded the grounds. It was a nice, nice place to go. And from there, we had two more birds we were hoping to find in that area. Uh, red-crowned parrot, another listed introduced species, uh, and yet another introduced species, uh, Egyptian goose. Uh, they've both been seen at Irvine Regional Park, which is itself a really nice birding area. Uh, so we drive over to Irvine Regional Park and uh, look around the pond, and I'll look all around. There's just a little park pond there, and uh, Egyptian goose been seen in the park. I thought, oh, we'll get that there piece of cake, and we looked all around the pond, and no Egyptian goose, and I'm saying, how can we? They don't go anywhere. They've got to be here. How can we miss them? I'm starting to grumble and kind of saying, we've got to look harder. So we walk around, and sure enough, over on a, on a grassy knoll, maybe a couple hundred yards from the park, Ken sees the Egyptian geese. So a pair of Egyptian geese, you know, real obliging, walk up for iPhone photos, you know, no problem there. Uh, and I hear our red-crowned parrots. And sure enough, red-crowned parrots are flying around. A pair of them fly over to some trees by the brushy area at the side of the park, and we get good looks at those. And then there are four more in the middle of the park and posing and giving us great looks, and we were pretty happy about that. So that brought it down to almost all the species hoped for for the trip. And it's uh, Monday. We're coming home on Tuesday, so that's good. The one bird we hadn't got much of a look at is California gnatcatcher. We had a gnatcatcher on the first day uh, out on the Black Canyon Road where we were looking for the bell sparrow, and we got, we heard it, we got fairly good looks, and we were pretty confident it was a, a California gnatcatcher, but boy, we wanted a better look for Lifebird for Ken. Uh, so uh, I, I, I had done my research, and one of the really good Southern California birding spots uh, is uh, the... Uh, Blank, Bolsa Chica uh, Refuge, Bolsa Chica National Wildlife Refuge, right uh, on the coast uh, north of, north of uh, Huntington. So we headed to Huntington for the night, got a nice, nice, uh, nice hotel, a great price on Priceline, last second call, and, uh, and stayed the night, got up the next morning, and went to Bolsa Chica. Bolsa Chica is a big area. It has a lot of uh, uh, lagoons uh, that have uh, some restricted areas for uh, least turn nesting and other, other bird nesting areas, but a lot of open areas with trails you can walk on. And it's really famous for, uh, for uh, uh, Ridgeway's Rail, used to be Clapper Rail, uh, and uh, for shorebirds and ducks. Uh, so we briefly stopped on the lower part when it, early when I felt pretty clear, certain we could see a Ridgeways Rail, and we did, just right by the boardwalk, got nice looks at that, and then went around to the brushy area on the upper part, where, where California gnatcatcher has been reported, and I thought, oh, we'll get that here, I've had it here, and I got there, and the habitat seems a little run down, maybe it's the recent rain, maybe it's overuse, I'm not sure what, but we spent 
several hours, wandering several miles around habitat that was sketchy at best for California gnatcatcher and did not get a California gnatcatcher. We had several blue-gray gnatcatchers, and, and you know, my learning experience on that trip is, as usual, with Ken not giving up on things. Uh, we're quite a ways into the trip, walk, and Ken spots a very distant raptor. Looks like a beautio. It's, oh, a long ways away on a, on a tree. And so we get it in the scopes and look at it, and it just doesn't look right for a red tail, but I'm thinking, it's got to be a red tail. It's kind of the head's a little light, and the back's kind of blotchy white instead of having the white chevrons of a red tail. And so I, I just say, you know, it's not a, it's not a harrier. It's, it's just got to be a red tail. And Ken's, he's not giving up. I start to walk on. He's, he stays there, and he's looking, looking. He calls, Ed, come back, come back. So I walk on back, look at it, and he says, it's a beautio. And I said, yeah. He says, well, what other beautio do we have here besides red tail? And I say, well, red shouldered, but it's not a red shoulder talk. He says, think again. And I look again, and it's a ferruginous hawk. Uh, just, you know, if you don't think of things, you don't identify them. It's a long, long ways off. It had the light head, and the tail was little rufous from the back, but real white underneath. And just a perfectly gleaming white to underparts with no belly band. And it was and it's a big, the head wasn't right for a red tail. And it was a ferruginous hawk, which is a bird we know from Washington, but which it was just not in, our, not in my mindset. And Ken just worked it and worked it and worked it and figured it out. So as always, when I go birding with Ken, I learn something again. Uh, don't give up on things till you've got them figured out. So that was good. So we got that and finished our walk there and uh, still needed California gnatcatcher. So really near, uh, really near the Bolsa Chica Reserve is another place called the Harriet M. Weeder Regional Park. And I'd been there before, and I thought the habitat there might be better. So we drive around, it's only a mile or two, drove around there, parked, and yeah, I thought we like this a lot better. It's more brushy, dry, hillside sort of area. So we walk around there, and sure enough, get our California gnatcatcher, just like nothing. Uh, good looks, worked it for a while, but uh, got really good looks. It was quiet, we didn't hear much, and it was a female. Uh, but uh, good looks, you know, black undertail, dusky gray color, you know, we were really confident of that. Uh, unfortunately, no pictures, because while I was on Santa Cruz Island, I knocked my camera off a table, and I think I damaged the lens, so the autofocus was not working. Fortunately, I brought my cheaper lens with me, because I don't like to carry a great big lens on a trip like this. So anyway, I'll see if I can get it fixed, but we'll see. Uh, but no pictures of California Natcatcher as camera not working. Uh, so we finished there, and we had a little time, so we went to a, a French restaurant. Uh, it was a fast food French restaurant. I don't remember what it was called, uh, but uh, Ken, Ken had a new experience. He had a, what, what are they called? A croque-monsieur. <laughs> uh, ham and cheese sandwich. A croque-monsieur. Uh, and he uh, declined the poached egg on top, even though I told him, I said, you know, Ken, you know, you, that's how they do it in Paris. You gotta have the poached egg on top. I'm vegan, so I had a nice vegetable salad plate, and we had, we had a nice lunch. Rested a little bit, and I had a couple of hours before our plane, uh, so I uh, decided that we would check out one last place, the San Joaquin uh, Wildlife Area, which is right near the Orange County Airport and is one of my favorite places in Southern California. We went there, uh, brooded around a little bit, uh, just, to, just to show Ken the area. It was very nice. Uh, saw 
I don't, I don't know if we saw anything new there, but it was just a really nice birding. Uh, so finished up, got to the airport, got home, and ended a trip safe and sound. Uh, overall, a really uh, successful trip. Uh, Ken, we had 179 species, uh, 31 checklists. Ken got nine lifeless birds, ABA lifers. Uh, I got five new California birds, uh, and uh, we had a really good time as usual. You know, good buddies go birding. It's always fun. Uh, so we had a good time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bird Banter Podcast, where birders talk birding. I'm excited about the guests I have lined up for future episodes. I think you really enjoy them. Be sure to subscribe to the Bird Banter Podcast on iTunes Store, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast feeds. And leave a review. Comments and a review are always helpful, and I appreciate those. I'll also leave in the podcast notes below links to places I visited on this trip, as well as my social media tags. For now, that's all. Good day, good birding. <laughs>